Welcome back. David Penn here. This is the 85th episode of the Professor Penn podcast. Uh, glad to have you back. I hope we're all together Thursday night. Uh, this is the uh, 11th of January, 2024. I'm recording on the morning of the 10th of January. We're in here about 7 a.m. That's why I like to pray with you because I don't get my morning prayers done. We call this episode Poisoned. Poisoned. As we're going to get into very shortly. Hope you're well. Um, if you can keep your well-being and you're cool with everything that's going on in the world, I salute you. I want to thank Free People Radio, Truth Seeking Media. Truth Seeking. In some of these venues, Truth Seeking will get you clipped. So I want to remind everybody, if you ever show up here in the community and you're all by yourself, as I was on Tuesday night, I was, boy, I'll tell you a funny story. I'm sitting there and I'm going, wow, I was off last week and there's nobody watching. And I was, I was not happy about it. Took me a while to recognize uh, there's got to be plan B. And plan B, we're ubiquitous, we're all over. I post up on X, I post these on Getter and Rumble, and we're here on YouTube as a community. Uh, we're going to try to be smart and stay together here on YouTube because we want to attract people in the YouTube community to the Professor Penn podcast community because that's what politics is about. Not talking to the people that we agree with, but talking to the people that we disagree with in a way that we move them and open their hearts to new and different ideas. Let us not be entrenched. I stay open all the time. And sometimes it's not easy when I'm lift, listening to people like Stu Peters and Nick Fuentes. Oh, it's not easy. But I listen because there's truth everywhere. And to be truth-seeking is what Free People Radio is all about. Our sponsor, Target.com. We're going to have a, a commercial here. You know, we're trying to get funding for the, for the radio uh, station, for our station, for our broadcasts. We're self-funded, Target.com. That's T-I-R-E-G-E-T.com. Everything you need in tires, please go there, check it out. Call in for customer service. You might talk to Professor Penn. PrecinctStrategy.com. I'm going to keep mentioning it. First of all, because it's everything you need to know to get into the game of politics out one website. But beyond that, Dan Schultz is such a pace setter and such a trailblazer. Uh, we're going to continuously support him and thank him for his efforts. And I was talking to Royce just yesterday, and Royce looked at me, and out of the blue he said, hey, we got to get Dan's content up on free people. So we haven't forgot about Dan. Dan, we salute you. We hope you're well and happy new year. Well, one of the things I like to do under certain circumstances is hearken back to something that I wrote, and I, I really feel when I wrote this, I was under some kind of divine inspiration because uh, I recognize my words when it's me, when I struggle, as my, as my mother said, all men have feet of clay, and I agree with her. That's one of the few things we agree on. But sometimes I have these inspirational moments, and I want to read something. I've read it one time before, and there's a short up there that's been very well received. Free speech is a label that creates a distortion. And that is that 
free speech is about what people say. To the people that populate the institutions of our society, the institutions of power, free speech is more importantly about what people can create and their power to act upon that creation. Creativity cannot be legislated, but thought can be policed and controlled by the rules of law around free speech. That which can be used to protect me can also be used to harm me, depending upon whom wields that power. Man cannot self-govern well unless guided each individual by sacred honor. There's a lot there. That's why I know I was inspired when I wrote it. And we're, we're in a, the election season, and uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the public square today and information and disinformation and secret societies and truth and lies and getting poisoned. We're going to kind of walk through this. We've, we've dealt with secret societies on previous podcasts, but the more I think about this, uh, and the more I look back on my own life and my own involvement in secret societies, I've been highly invested in three secret societies. Three. So I, I do understand how they work and how they transmit knowledge, <clears throat> how they use symbols, how they use ritual, how they use histories, how they use rules and uh, to bring about a certain development um, within the individuals that have been initiated into the secret societies. And uh, all of these societies have a, a stair step uh, of self-development or of internal development, actually the internal development of energy, of esoteric energy, that allows a progressively enhanced ability to create reality. That's what a secret society does. And very few people in our society actually get initiated into secret societies. For example, I think Elia, my young producer, is a college graduate, but he has not yet gone to graduate school. Am I correct? He's shaking his head yes. One day he's going to pull that mic out. We're going to get to meet him. You know, the four-year college degree, which has become quite oversubscribed, that's not a secret society. That's a winnowing process to find the best and the brightest who are then admitted to the secret societies, our medical schools, our law schools, our graduate schools, where they then become initiated into specialized training, specialized self-development. And when you get done, you get a medical degree or a law degree or a PhD, that signifies that you have gone through a process of self-development, starting out as a beginner, walking up through the levels of development, and then you get a, an emblem, an insignia, a rank that denotes your accomplishment. That's the external part of it. Internally, hey, you're picking up some skills. Now, in the religious world, which we're going to talk about today, there's also secret societies. So when we go to church or we go to synagogue or we go to the mosque, hey, we're just in there with the protoplasm, right? We're paying the bills. We're showing up and paying dues, 
and we're walking our way through our prayers. Some of us become so motivated and, and um, I guess the word would be enthralled by the spiritual that we enter the secret societies of the rabbinical school or the monastery and we walk our way up and then we get another uh, emblem or an insignia. You're a priest or you're a, a pastor or you're a rabbi and you have been trained in creating a certain kind of reality. And of course, Jesus came to limit our dependency on other human beings. And we're going to talk about that today. Thomas Jefferson commented on that quite beautifully and eloquently, uh, that depending on other, on other human beings for our spiritual nourishment, that's risky business. And that's why uh, Professor Penn takes this role so seriously. And when I fall short, as I did this week, I feel quite contrite and ask for forgiveness because I do fall short because I have feet of clay. And I have people in my life that are quite challenging. You know, I've got people around me that are here uh, in some, you know, from, from a lens of description, they're just in my life to be devils in my life. Hold me back, hurt me. We all have that. Um, the more, as we saw in the last podcast, the more you become an agent or a channel for a more spiritual and divine uh, sharing of information and of energy in the world, the more the devil shows up to give you a hard time. And uh, I've got to work through that, and I'm walking my way up those steps myself. This is one of the ways I do it. Blessed are you, God and King of all worlds. Thank you for creating the light and the dark. Blessed are you, God and King of all worlds. Thank you for creating me in your image. Blessed are you, God and King of all worlds. Thank you for making me an American. Blessed are you, God and King of all worlds. Thank you for making me free. Blessed are you, God and King of all worlds. Thank you for healing the blind. Blessed are you, God and King of all worlds. Thank you for feeding the people. Blessed are you, God and King of all worlds. Thank you for releasing the bound. Blessed are you, God and King of all worlds. Thank you for raising up the downtrodden. Blessed are you, God and King of all worlds. Thank you for creating the heavens and earth. Blessed are you, God and King of all worlds. Thank you for providing for all my needs. Blessed are you, God and King of all worlds. Thank you for directing my path. Blessed are you, God and King of all worlds. Thank you for our American courage. Blessed are you, God and King of all worlds. Thank you for crowning America with glory. Blessed are you, God and King of all worlds. Thank you for restoring strength to the weary. Blessed are you, God and King of all worlds. Thank you for sending your only begotten Son to die on the cross that I might be saved. Forgive me, Father, for I have sinned. Pardon me, our King, for we have willfully transgressed. For you pardon and forgive. Blessed are you, God and King of all worlds, who is gracious and ever willing to forgive. These are the times that try men's souls, aren't they? 
uh, we're going to have to come into a progressive awareness that the world's at war. It's quite difficult. In my own camp, uh, you know, where's the bombs? I hear that. I don't see any bombs. The stores are open. You know, this is a 21st century war. It's a war, first of all, for our minds. You know, in May of this year, the World Health Organization is proposing a treaty. That's an issue that needs to be discussed the American people. We have all this legislation going through our Congress. There was just a, a, a very large appropriations bill that was passed in the Congress, and now there is, you know, fighting over the final version of this bill. Will the Ukraine uh, war be funded and Israel be funded? Uh, and that's contingent on the border being funded. Will the government be shut down about that? That's a big deal. There's so much going on. There's all the prosecutions of President Trump. There's the, you know, the the controversies about, um, you know, terrorism and uh, the labeling of American citizens as domestic terrorists. There is terrorism. There is so much threat. There's just doors blown out of airplanes if we're not afraid enough. There was just an event down in Miami where there was allegations of... Uh, Aliens walking the streets. I mean, we're being besieged, besieged with uh, information. And uh, I think most of us are going to shut down and just say, can't do anything about it. Live our lives, put our head in the sand, and hope it passes us by. That's just not going to work. Let us remember that this is a politically motivating and action oriented podcast. Look around. I look around. I have to be involved. If we, the American citizens, do not involve ourselves, and I don't mean watching the news or picking a candidate and voting, I mean getting out into the streets and getting involved in politics, we're turning the future of our lives over to really not good people. I've spent a lot of time on X the last couple of days watching this drama that's going on in the lead-up to the Iowa caucuses. You know, these candidates, I'm not picking on DeSantis, but just because I fell down that rabbit hole, this man has hired, DeSantis has hired an army of social influencers. These people are gross. A lot of them are from Minnesota. They're going to have to deal with me because they're liars, they're manipulators. They're everything that makes we, the people, not want to be involved in politics. And, and what we really are missing here, and we talked about Nick Fuentes and Stu Peters on the last podcast, and you know I was critical. They're fragmenting a movement, a populist movement of the American people. They're fragmenting it. They're giving ample evidence that the people can't be trusted because they're racist and anti-Semites. They're proving the case of, a le of the left. So the more that people go down this anti-Semitic uh, racist track, they're fragmenting the movement of the people. Well, on the other side, 
And I realize in politics, we're going to have competition, but we've got a whole group of candidates to me that are all quite similar. DeSantis, Haley, um, Christie, you know, even President Trump, I got to throw him in there. Who are these people? Well, you know, President Trump, one thing we know about Trump is they hate him. They're doing everything they can to stop him. Now, I, I could go on the whole podcast of why I have concerns about Trump, uh, and I do. And I have said uh, I didn't support him in 2016, and I'm going to say it now publicly. I, did, I didn't vote for Clinton, but I, you know, I have deep misgivings about Trump, and I, I really don't like his style. And I find myself sometimes falling into that style. And I go, wow, you know, I'm trying to have a, a, a more refined level of discourse. Uh, I don't, you know, I don't like it. But also, he's a New Yorker. He's an East Coast guy. He's brash. He's bold. He's outspoken. But what he's really done is scare these people so extremely that they've had to expose themselves. The one thing Trump has done, in my opinion, that is, uh, earth-shattering in my lifetime, is he called the Chinese out and he ripped off their face and we can see who they are. He called the media out and we see who they are. And he's called out people in our political class and now we can see who they are. I do not think President Trump is without sin. And I certainly don't think he's some kind of um, uh, spiritual leader. But he may be involved in a spiritual game that we don't understand. He's chosen to do something. And there's a movement of people, 70 or 80 million people that are devoted to him. And all these different groups are fragmenting those 70 or 80 million people. And that fragmentation is all based on the media and the lawfare and the, you know, the political class grinding away on him. And then we get these people that say, well, he's just not an ethical and moral person. You know, he was did this with a porn star, and he did that, and he, you know, oh, hey, you know what? Maybe we'll just do a Professor Penn podcast on all the sins of all the presidents. Because if you have enough ambition to say you want to be a president, hey, you got a healthy appetite. And when there's a healthy appetite, oh, that is the devil's plaything. So all these presidents. The ones we liked the best, we ran the thing about President Reagan. He got involved in a in a hidden war, Iran-Contra. I mean, you know, these people all, all of them, have feet of clay. They're extremely ambitious. They're very skilled, incredibly skilled. And they get to the top of the heap. And um, they're important people. But they're not, they're not people that we need to be blindly allied with. We have to be open to them as our elected representatives. And it's the ideas that they represent that matters. And that's where we've gone wrong as the American people. We are a culture and a government and a people that are based on ideas, not on ethno-nationalism, not on genetics, not on Darwinism, not on we hold one race superior and another inferior like the Chinese and the Israelis and probably the Russians. We don't have a single ethnicity where we can have an ethno-nationalist state. We have a diverse country, and the only thing that can bind us together is the ideas 
that underlie this entire enterprise, and those ideas are in our founding documents, which is why the Marxists spend so much time on invalidating those ideas, and particularly invalidating the Bible upon which our founding documents rest. And within all this chaos, there's news. And we got to just get into a little news because, boy, when I look at the news that's on the mainstream media, they're not seeing this, they're not reporting the same things that I think matters. And when we get the Free People website up, we're going to put out the news that matters every week. And uh, I spent a lot of time trying to find out, you know, what's the real situation. And I'm going to tell you last week, Russia launched, launched the largest air attack of the entire war on the Ukraine. So the Ukraine-Russia thing was really quieting down and was being supplanted by this great drama that's going on in the Middle East. And there was actually a movement towards a cessation of hostilities. But, you know, we have certain elites in our country, unelected elites, that have no interest in these hostilities being abated. And the only way we're going to bring an end to this war is getting these elites out of power, and they are bureaucrats. They are not elected officials, most of them. Of course, they got their shills who are elected, and we're going to talk about that. But the, the real energy behind this war is not coming from the elected officials. It's coming from the entrenched bureaucratic interests that really are running the country. 122 missiles rained down on the Ukraine last week, killed a lot of people. A lot of people were killed. At least 144 people were wounded that we know about. People were buried in buildings. Terrible, just terrible. And the, the, um, the intensity of this is increasing now. We're going back into a moment of intensity in that war. And many European countries are putting out bulletins to their civilians to prepare for war the most recent of which was the government of Sweden. Yesterday, they put out a bulletin to their citizens to prepare for war. What? A general war in Europe. Prepare for a general war in Europe. Uh, you know, we continue to um, toil away in our servitude here, <clears throat> and we've traded our freedom for a material high and for security from our alleged security state. And these unelected officials are pursuing their own aims. I mean, these people, in my opinion, in Professor Penn's opinion, their aims are exploitative and they're manipulative and they're genocidal. So we've got to get active. We've got to get in, as uh, one of my loyal listeners and viewers, uh, Susan, says, we've got to get in the streets. We've got to become politically active. Please spread the word. Bring people to the podcast. Share it with your friends. Download the shorts. Send them out. The algos are not going to work for the Professor Penn podcast or for Please Call Me Crazy or for Free People Radio. I read the feedback in the comments. A lot of people say that this is some of the best content on the web, and I want to thank you for enjoying and acknowledging our content. we got to get it out to people. Please bring people. We're depending on you. I'm asking for help. In that great uh, attack on the, uh, and listen to this one, this one will scare you. On that great attack on the Ukraine, there was a missile that was alleged to go through Polish airspace. Now, Ukraine is not a NATO member, so an attack on Ukraine does not trigger 
you know, the NATO defense pact. But Poland is in NATO, and a Russian missile going into Polish airspace really is an act of war. And (laughs) the missile was alleged to go into Polish airspace and go right out. Now, I don't know how many of you heard about this. It's a big deal. It's called a setup. Now, we're never going to know if this actually happened or if it happened accidentally or if it was no accident at all. We're never going to know. What we know is is that the Polish government was recently changed into a globalist government. I don't know how. All the other European governments are going the other direction. Poland um, had a nationalist government. It lost the last election, and the president is now a guy named Donald Tusk, who is a very intense globalist, the worst. And uh, our ambassador to Poland is a Brzezinski, the son of Zygmunt Brzezinski, who was an ardent anti-Russian. The Poles and the Russians have never gotten along. They, they hate each other. It's a flashpoint. It's heating up there. So I take no solace in knowing that our ambassador to Poland is a Brzezinski. That's actually quite scary. That is really scary. We got to get into the streets. We got to change our government. We've got to do it, or the chance goes up every day that we're all going to die. Just that simple. Sorry, I have to tell you what I think the truth is. It's my perspective from my street corner. And then you get people like Lindsey Graham of South Carolina. Now, South Carolina, that's the home of Nikki Haley, it's the home of Strom Thurmond. It, you know, it really is an interesting state politically. It generates some of the worst, nastiest politicians in American history. Strom Thurmond was a member of the, you know, just a racist. Oh, one of Joe Biden's best friends when Joe Biden was coming up in the Senate. So here's a couple of a hits from Lindsey Graham. He was recently on um, uh, Fox News. And here's what he had to say. He went so far as to say that Iranian bases and oil fields should be, quote, blown off the map. Quote, without Iran, there are no Houthis. The Houthis are completely backed by Iran. I've been saying for six months now, hit Iran. They have oil fields out in the open. They have Revolutionary Guard headquarters you can see from space. Blow it off the map. Well, that's nice. This guy, Nikki Haley, same person. Nikki Haley, Senator Graham, Nick Fuentes, and Stu Peters. The same person. They're the same people. Same people. They're on other opposite sides of the spectrum, but they're doing the same thing. Getting us into a war. Just terrible. I mean, this guy is... Lindsey Graham. Here's another one. Graham says... In response to a question from a CNN host, is there a threshold for you, and do you think there should be a threshold for the United United States government in which our government would say, let's hold off for a second in terms of all the civilian casualties? This was speaking about the Gaza. And Graham said, no, this is a quote, no. If somebody asked us after World War II, is there a limit what you would do to make sure that Japan and Germany don't conquer the world? Is there any limit what Israel should do to the people who are trying to slaughter the Jews? The answer is no. There's no limit. There's no limit. Total war. Oh, 81, I think 88 million people died in World War II. Lindsey Graham, 
Let's go back to that. Let's slaughter the innocent. Nice guy. You know, if you're watching me from South Carolina, you're responsible for this. He's your elected representative. He's representing that you believe that there should be unrestricted war in the Middle East. And there's a winner and a loser, just like Japan and Germany. And that's what, you know, you've sent to the Congress. Maybe you could do better and get out into the streets and join your local political party and get this son of a out of the Senate. Here's another one. You're going to like this one. Pennsylvania National Guard soldiers are bound for the Horn of Africa. They've been deployed. I don't know what the authority is. The Horn of Africa is just to the west of the Red Sea across from Yemen, where Houthis are attacking shipping. We're putting U.S. military members into the region. I don't think we're doing it for show and tell. These people are getting ready for business. Are you ready for a world war? I mean, do you have your food supply? Do you have water? Do you have heat? How are you going to survive when the heat and the electricity and the, there's no money, there's no food? Are you ready for this? Because, you know, when this goes down, that's what's going to happen. No electricity, no food, no heat, no communications, no rule of law. It's going to get very, very primal very quickly. I got a, a friend of mine, say a friend of mine, she's always reminding me about the law. I'm all for the law. It's an invention of man. It's supposed to keep us away from the law of the jungle. If this goes down to the maximum, A, some of the gains that we've made over the last, oh, let's say 5,000 years, are going to be going away overnight. In North Korea and South Korea, these people are getting down. The North Koreans are lobbing shells into the South Korean territory. The South Koreans are firing shells back. And the South Koreans have called for a general mobilization. You can go on YouTube and watch them driving their tanks up to the demilitarized zone. That's very expensive. Why are they taking their tanks up to the demilitarized zone? Not for show and tell. They're doing it for a reason. This is not fun. If this is a quote, if we look closely at the confrontational military actions by the enemy forces, the word war has become realistic, a realistic reality, and not an abstract concept. I'm going to read this again. If we look closely at the confrontational military actions by the enemy forces, the word war has become a realistic reality and not an abstract concept. And I wonder who said that. Will that be Kim of North Korea, the little dictator who shook hands with President Trump and we had a period of relative, you know, peace, 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 no threats. Now it's heating up. Hey, you know what? I hope there's some liberals and some leftists and some Democrats watching. Think back to those four years when you were going crazy hating Trump. No wars. No inflation. Economy was booming. Oh, we hated Trump as a country. Lots of Trump hatred. Peace and prosperity. You've got to have a memory to be involved in politics. Now we've had three years with Biden. The economy's a shambles. 
the debt's blown through the roof, and we got wars breaking out all over the world. You think that might have something to do with our current governance? Something to think about in a political season. Here's one that should make the hair on your neck stand up. Please, get involved in the game of politics. One of the things you can do is go to your browser and type in federalregister.gov. That's federalregister.gov. Every day, our government, for the benefit of posterity, writes down everything that the government did the previous day or published the previous day, except for the top secret things that they do, which is way more than what we know about. But what we know about is interesting because we do live under rule of law and they have to set some, you know, some things up for the future. So you can go look up a publication um, under the Department of Health and Human Services, an amendment that is effective on January 1st, 2024. I'll read it to you. You're going to like this one. The secretary issues this amendment pursuant to Section 319F-3 of the Public Health Services Act to amend the declaration for countermeasures against the Marburg virus and or Marburg disease to cover both Ebola viruses and Marburg viruses and republishes the declaration as amended. The amended republished declaration clarifies that the disease threat includes Ebola viruses and Marburg viruses and updates the title of the declaration, expanding the covered countermeasures and extends the effective time period. Oh, what it says is, if you read the fine print, is that any vaccine, biologic, diagnostic tool, anything required to counter Marburg virus or Ebola virus, if you know anything about the world of viruses, this is not coronavirus. We're a very, very low, with a very low level of lethality. And we went bananas, right? These two viruses kill more than half of the people that get them. They're man-eaters. And guess what? The, vac- the vaccines and the biologics and the diagnostic tools and the countermeasures, the people that provide those, there's no legal liability. No legal liability. Waived in the Federal Register. You can go look it up. You can look it up. Please go look it up for yourself. you got to find it for yourself. you got to see it for yourself. Or it's not going to have the kind of oomph that it's going to have. When I read it to you, when you see it and it goes into your brain and you found it, you're going to say, wow, why are they talking about these viruses and waiving the liability for vaccines that are countermeasure to these viruses. Well, that's pretty scary, isn't it? And on the background of all this, just so you know, this is all about selling product, weapons and biologics and vaccines, and there's a huge industry around this. And guess what? Business is booming, booming worldwide for all these defense contractors. So, you know... And how are we paying for it? Uh, We just passed $34 trillion in debt, and there's no end in sight to it. So you got to look at all this and say, how are we going to turn this around? Well, the pundits, the pundits are completely hopeless about it. They say there's nothing we can do about it because they're betting that we, the people, are going to sit on our couches 
and not get up and not organize resistance. <coughs> well, they're probably right. But I'm going to sit here for my own salvation and keep talking to you, and I'm going to stay involved, and I'm going to try to get every single person that I know to get involved in the game of politics because if we get control of the, the government, you know, the, the hoi polloi, the, the dummies, the people with dirt under their fingernails, the people that just finished high school, the people that work for 25 bucks an hour, the regular people, the dummies. If we get control of it, you know what the dummies want? Peace, prosperity, in a country. The rest of this, this is somebody else's wet dream. Not mine, not yours. And you know what? We can still get rid of these people. We can get rid of them in an election cycle or two and save our country and save our families. Well, let, let me tell you who's really running things now. And I'm going to tell you how they got away with it. Elliot, can you play number three? That's good, thank you. That's Queen Elizabeth of Great Britain. And for the boomers, we, we came of age and we were in the post-colonial period or the period of decolonization, which we've talked about quite extensively with the um, Atlantic Charter and the end of the British Empire that President Roosevelt forced the end of the British Empire, or at least that's the cover story. Actually, the British Empire continued, and we the people were young and dumb, we became the muscle for the queen. And, you know, we grew up, I grew up, she's so sweet. She's actually quite good looking, kind of sexy. She's cool. We weren't threatened by her. We thought, oh, colonization, what is this king and queen thing? This is ridiculous. She's so sweet. She's so nice. We didn't have to fear her. We thought she was powerless. In fact, she was kind of a celebrity. Please play number four. Here's the queen and Marilyn Monroe. This is a nice shot. Here's the queen in a receiving line, shaking hands. Oh, she's so glad. She's just as glamorous. Look at their, they're equally yoked, Marilyn Monroe and the queen. How cool is this? So this is what we saw when we were growing up. Thank you, Elia. That's just how we saw it. The queen was like a movie star. We didn't realize what mass murderers these people were. They didn't teach us this here in the United States. It was hidden knowledge. It was part of a secret society. And the queen, you know, listen to her oath. Could you play number six, please? Number six. I have before you all that my whole life, whether it be long or short, shall be devoted to your service and to the service of our great imperial family to which we all belong. I declare That's good, before thank you, you all... 
to our great imperial family to which we all belong. Imperial means empire. To our great family of empire to which we all belong. Well, you know how it really is? To our great imperial family that she rules and we all belong to her. That's what's going on here. And we've been tricked. Tricked, tricked, tricked. And, you know, there's all these secret societies. Let me just play just a little snippet of one that popped up just for a second. Please play number uh, five. Number five and stop at 55 seconds in. You were both in Skull and Bones, the secret society. It's so secret we can't talk about it. What does that mean for America? The conspiracy theorists are going to go on. I'm sure they are. I don't know. I haven't seen the web. Number 322. First of all, he's not the nominee. And, uh, but, uh, look, I look for... Are you prepared to lose? No, I'm not going to lose. You both were members of Skull and Bones, a secret society at Yale. What does that tell us? Uh, not much, because it's a secret. <laughs> Is there a secret handshake? Is there a secret code? I wish there were something secret I could manifest. 322, a secret number? Uh, there are all kinds of secrets, Tim, but one thing is not a secret. I disagree with this president's direction that he's taking the country. We can do a better job, and I intend to do it. And we'll be watching. Be safe on the campaign trail. John Kerry, thanks for joining us. Okay, those, the Skull and Bone Society, for those of you who don't know, is a secret society at Yale. At Yale. Yale University, which in and of itself is kind of a secret society, particularly if you go on to law school like most of these geniuses do. You know, the difference between us and them is they're highly trained. We're just trying to pay the bills. They don't have to worry about making a living. They're on the payroll. We, if we don't pay the bills, we starve. So while we're toiling every day to earn our daily bread, these people are training and training and training they're being incorporated into a centuries-old tradition of secret knowledge. And we're just t- taught to believe it, it doesn't exist. And that is a lie. And look at these two. You know, uh, Tim Russert asked them both on national television, tell us about Skull and Bones, and they both reacted the same way. They clammed up. They weren't going to share any of the information because it's a secret. They know there's penalties for violating the secret, and there's benefits for maintaining the secret. And every once in a while, hey, you know what? For some reason, some of the secrets bubble to the surface. Well, let me give you a secret oath that you can go find. This was read into the congressional rec- uh, record. Uh, this was read into the congressional record of the United States of America not long after Abraham Lincoln died because our political class at that time believed that Lincoln was killed by a plot of Catholics, a plot of Catholics who were seeking to overthrow the Protestant government of the United States of America. Another story for another day. But I'm going to show you what a secret oath sounds like, and this is for Stu and Nick who want to grind on the Jews like they're the only problem in the world. You know, this is a secret oath of the Jesuit society. If you don't know what the Jesuits are, look it up. They're a secret, not a secret, they're a sect, or they're an order within the Catholic Church. I'm going to read their entire oath. It will be quite informative to you. I now, in the, now think about this in the terms of getting it incorporated into a new level 
getting a new insignia, getting a new mission in life. You've been training. You've been working. you got seniors. They say, okay, you're part of the club now, but first you must take this oath. And here's the oath. I now in the presence of Almighty God, the Blessed Virgin Mary, the Blessed Michael the Archangel, the Blessed St. John the Baptist, and my ghostly father, the Superior General of the Society of Jesus. Very interesting, isn't it? That's some heavy people you're talking to, Almighty God. That's not a people. You're taking an oath to God. You're taking a holy oath. That's the backdrop. I swear that His Holiness the Pope is Christ's vice-regent. You're swearing that the Pope is, you know, God's guy on earth, right? And is the true and only head of the Catholic or universal church. In other words, the Catholics, that's universalism, right? Getting into secret societies now, I'm, I'm, I'm giving you some commentary as we go. I do now renounce and disown any allegiance due to any heretical king, prince, or state named Protestant or liberal or obedience to any of their laws or magistrates or officers. I do further declare the doctrine of the Church of England and Scotland and the Calvinists and the Huguenots and others of the name of Protestant or liberal to be damnable and themselves to be damned who will not forsake the same. Interesting, isn't it? They're, they're damning the Protestants, these Jesuits. I do further promise and declare that, notwithstanding, I am dispensed with to assume my religion heretical for the propagation of Mother Church's interests, to keep secret and private all her agents and counsels from time to time as they interest me, and not divulge directly or indirectly by word, writing, or circumstances, whatever. Kind of like skull and bones. It's a secret. What the Jesuits do is a secret. I do furthermore promise and declare that I will. When, listen to this one. You're going to like this. I declare that I will, when opportunity presents, make and wage relentless war, secretly or openly, against all heretics, Protestants, and liberals, as I am directed to. Extirpate them from the face of the earth. Listen to this. And that I will spare neither age, sex, or condition and that I will hang, burn, waste, boil, flay, strangle, and bury alive those infamous heretics, rip up the stomachs and wombs of their women, and crush their infants' heads against the walls in order to annihilate their inexorable race, that when the same cannot be done openly, I will secretly use the poisonous cup, the strangulating cord, the steels of the poignard, or the leaden bullets regardless of the honor, rank, dignity, or authority of the persons, whatever may be their conditions in life, either public or private, as I at any time may be directed or by any agent of the Pope or the Superior of the Holy Father of the Society of Jesus, in confirmation of which I hereby dedicate my life, my soul, and my corporeal powers, and with this dagger, which I now receive. Well, there's a symbol. They give them a ceremonial dagger. With this dagger which I now receive, I will subscribe my name written in my blood. It's a blood oath. Are you getting how wild this shit is? In testimony thereof, and should I prove false or weaken in my determination, may my brethren and fellow soldiers of the militia of the Pope cut off my hands and my feet and my throat from ear to ear, rip my belly open, 
and sulfur burned therein, and all punishments that can be inflicted on me on this earth, and my soul be tortured by demons in an internal hell forever. I guess that's why President Bush and John Kerry didn't divulge the secret, because there's penalties for divulging the secrets. In testimony thereof, I take this most holy and blessed sacrament of the Eucharist and witness the same further with my name written with the point of this dagger dipped in my own blood and sealed in the face of the Holy Covenant. Wow! The Jesuits! And that's just one of many secret groups. And these people, they got quite an organization, as we're going to talk about just in a minute. Okay, this is not so secret anymore. This is not so secret anymore. But we're going to take a break, because after a, a rip like that, we're going to hear from a sponsor. Okay, our sponsor is TireGet.com. That's T-I-R-E-G-E-T.com. TireGet.com, an online e-commerce store where you can buy your tires. Everybody's got to buy tires, or most of us have to buy tires. TireGet has every kind of tire that you're going to need for your vehicles. Major brand tires, premium private label tires, they're all at the right price. And thank you because it's the efforts of our viewers that have gotten us up the flagpole here where we can get the right price on every product. And we're going to mount, balance, and dispose of your old tires right online. You can just get it right online and right at your local store. You buy the tire, we'll ship it to your local tire store. The tires will be waiting for you. They'll put them on for you. It's very quick, it's very convenient, it's very easy, and we have great customer service. Any questions, call in, and perhaps even I will have an opportunity to meet you and talk to you. Thank you very much. Welcome back. All right, we had to take a break because that's so friggin' terrifying. Go back and listen to it. That's the Jesuit oath, and it's not a secret, written into our United States of America's congressional record. Congressional record. Not a secret. It's actually there for us to find, but guess what? We're so scared and so unable to deal with the facts, we're going to watch Scooby-Doo eat cereal and smoke a joint. Great. I hope that gets you by. Let's just remember what Christ told us. The truth will set us free. And when I first realized that that was saying would set us free of these secrets, It'll also set us free of their plans. If we would get up, get off the couch, and do as we can learn to do together as a community. It's not a secret. Elliot, please play number seven. Oh, this is the crowning, the coronation of now King Charles. He was that pretty little baby that was in uh, Queen Elizabeth's arms in the last bit. Here he is, look, he's, that, that crown's worth $2 billion U.S. dollars. And look at that there, getting him crowned up. Oh, he looks kind of serious. He doesn't look all friendly and beautiful and soft and warm like his God mom did. save the king! Let's watch it again just for fun. Look at this ceremony. This is called getting incorporated. This is a 
emblem of his power, of his rank. He's the king. He's got a scepter. God save the king! God save the king! That's good. Hey, God's got nothing to do with that guy. We'll talk about that in the future. Let's listen to number eight. This is another secret society being talked about. This is President Nixon talking about President Eisenhower. This is a cool deal. I worked closely with President Eisenhower for eight years. I know what he meant when he said, we must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence, whether sought or unsought, by the military-industrial complex. Many people conveniently forget that he followed that warning with another. We must also be alert to the equal and opposite danger that public policy could itself become the captive of a scientific technological elite. And we sometimes forget that in that same farewell address, President Eisenhower spoke of the need for national security. He said, a vital element in keeping the peace is our military establishment. Our arms must be mighty ready for instant action so that no potential aggressor may be attempted to risk his own <laughs> destruction. And I say to you, my fellow Americans, let us never forget those wise words of one of America's greatest leaders. That's a scam, right? This is Nixon saying, well, uh, we can't uh, allow the military industrial complex to get unwarranted influence. I don't remember Eisenhower said opposite. He said, we also have to be on guard against, not opposite. That Nixon was putting a little edit in there. We also have to be on guard against the influence of a technological elite. Those would be the people that go through our universities and actually get incorporated, just like King Charles, get the crown on their head with a Ph.D., and we don't know what they're doing. Their whole thing is secret. Anybody here an expert in nanotechnology or particle field energy or particle weapons? I don't think so. These people are running their own game, and we're paying for it, and they don't give a hoot about us. They're doing their own thing. This is a battle amongst the elites, the educated, the incorporated into secret societies. We're just cannon fodder for these people. Do you know how many more there are of us than them? Well, I don't know, 8 billion. Let's get organized. Now, please send out the content. Please. Get involved in your local party. Please go to precinctstrategy.com. Please, we're running out of time. We're running out of time. And they put one secret society person up after the next, as we're going to talk about. Here comes President Obama. Number nine, please. Number nine. Understand, it's not necessary for people to believe this information in order to weaken democratic institutions. You just have to flood a country's public square with enough raw sewage. You just have to raise enough questions, spread enough dirt, plant enough conspiracy theorizing that citizens no longer know what to believe. Once they lose trust in their leaders, in mainstream media, in political institutions, in each other, in the possibility of truth, the game's won. 
This is such a manipulative bit. Please go back and listen to it over and over again. On the one hand, he's talking about Professor Penn bringing forth the conspiracy theory. It's not a conspiracy theory. Did you listen to that Jesuit oath? Go find it in the congressional record. It's there, read into our historical memory as a country so that we knew what we were facing. And all these secret societies, they all have meanings. What do we know about the Catholic Church? You know, Stu and Nick, you're so focused on the Jews. Let's take a look at the Catholics. How about the Protestants? Let's look at all these groups. They've all been corrupted by evil because we, the people, the people with dirt under our fingernails, we're just not involved. We're allowing the worst of us, the worst of us, to rule over us. And we've always been taught, oh, we're a bunch of dummies. We can't do it. We need, we need educated people. Educated in what? How to boil and flay and strangle and murder? That, that kind of person? Oh, like all the military people in the Republican Party. And I tell you, I, was, I have great respect. Great respect for individual military members because I trained with them for over 20 years. But some of these people suck. They suck. They're sellouts. They can't live without being on the payroll of the machine. Some of us can. Some of us can't. Some of us can walk on our own two feet. Some of us suck our thumbs and do what we're told. And then the ones of us that have our own mind, well, we're conspiracy theorists. Now, this, this, this stuff is easy to see because it's coming out in the open because they've won. We've got to get up. It's, I don't know, it's like uh, 50 seconds left in the game. It's first and 10 from our own five. We got a long way to go to get to the goal line. We better get started right now. You know, Obama, he, he, um, he allowed the uh, CIA, which was always prevented, he allowed the CIA to start to legally, they've been doing it forever anyhow, but he just codified it so it was legal for them to broadcast their manipulations and their propaganda to U.S. citizens. Previously, it was illegal. We have a thing called the U.S. Agency for Global Media. Uh, the U.S. Agency for Global Media it operates the Voice of America and many other propaganda outlets, and that was to go screw up other people's countries. And, you know, Obama allowed it to come, that, that raw sewage to flow right into our own country. Now, let me just tell you how how potent this stuff goes. The Jesuits, back to the Jesuits. Maybe you don't know this. In the United States, I'm going to tell you all the Jesuit universities that are here just in this country. We'll skip all the other countries because these people are organized. Georgetown University, St. Louis University, Spring Hill College, Xavier University, Fort Ham University, College of the Holy Cross, St. Joseph's University, Santa Clara University, Loyola College in Maryland, University of San Francisco, Boston College, Loyola University, St. Peter's Colleges, Regis University, University of Detroit Mercy, Creighton University, Marquette University, John Carroll University, Gonzaga, University of Scranton, Seattle University, Rockers University, Loyola Marymount, Loyola University, Fairfield University, Lemoyne College, Wheeling Jesuit University. These are Jesuit colleges and universities in our country. So, you know, my kids, they go there. 
They're dummies. They major in basket weaving. They they go in, they go out, they get they get a degree, they come, they become they become an alumni and they make contributions every year because they had such a great college experience and they're contributing to the Jesuit education. But the very best and brightest of these people get the tap on the shoulder. They get the tap on the shoulder at Yale, at Loyola, at Harvard, the tap on the shoulder. And somebody comes up to him and says, oh, you're a bright guy. You're really a bright guy. We'd like you to join our secret society. And, you know, I was, I was watching on X and, you know, Ron DeSantis has got all these horrifying political consultants tweeting, tweeting, tweeting. And one of them, you know, there was a big snowstorm there, so uh, Governor Huckabee couldn't make it because of the snowstorm, which makes perfect sense. His flight was canceled. He couldn't get there. So this who lives in Minnesota, uh, I think his name is Dustin Grange. I'm going to be looking for Grange. I'm going to be following this guy closely. He says in response to that, uh, well, Ron DeSantis is just cut from a different cloth. He's just better. He's different. Well, you know what, Dustin? Ron DeSantis was in Iowa. He couldn't get out. If he wanted to, there was a snowstorm. So you're drawing a distinction that is a really false distinction because, you know, a lot of the people that are reading your stuff aren't thinking clearly about what you're writing. Now, Professor Penn is. I knew you were full of it. And I'm not saying I'm against DeSantis. I'm against paid political consultants that flood the marketplace with sewage, raw sewage. Okay, I don't like that. This is a competition of ideas. Here's an idea. If there's a snowstorm, you can't take a flight in or out. So it did not mean that Ron DeSantis was cut from a different cloth or that he was different and better. And I tweeted into the stream of consciousness there, Ron DeSantis, Yale undergraduate, Harvard Law School, went into the military. But here's the one that I think is the most important for this audience. It's the tap on the shoulder. You're going to like this. Ron DeSantis was a member of the Delta Kappa Epsilon Fraternity of the St. Elmo Society, one of Yale's secret societies. The fraternity's badge was the Maltese Cross of the Knights of Malta. You know, like that crown going on the king's head. It's an insignia, an emblem, a symbol of your membership. And, you know, we go, oh, it's nothing. It's just a bunch of college kids getting together. They're watching television and drinking beer, like on Animal House. No, they're not. This is a very important secret society at one of the world's most elite institutions where young men are trained in the history and in the ritual and in the secret knowledge of humanity. And this guy, DeSantis, fell in with the Sovereign Military Order of Malta. The Sovereign Military Order of Malta goes back a long time. It was founded in the year 1099. 1099 during the Crusades. DeSantis is in a society that traces its roots back to 1099. You think there's some secrets in there? The order's membership includes about 13,500 knights, dames, and chaplains. 33 of these are professed religious knights of justice, whatever the hell that means. They must have a special oath for that, right? Until the 1990s, the highest classes of membership 
required proof of noble lineage. Noble lineage? Noble li- Are you noble? Am I noble? No, we're just dog to these people. They're the rulers. We're the ruled. That's why power is aggregating into the hands of very few people. This is called the revenge of the nerds. They're reversing, and we're going to talk about that soon, and how they reverse stuff, because they've been working on this for a long time, since Christ. These people maintain, this is the Knights of Malta, which, uh, you know, DeSantis is in this secret society, maintains diplomatic relations with 113 states. It enters into treaties and issues its own passports, coins, and postage stamps. They got their own coinage, this, these Knights of Malta. Come on. These people are serious. So when they say that Ron DeSantis is cut from a different cloth, not in terms of that snowstorm, but in terms of this secret society, he is cut from a different cloth. In terms of being a graduate of Harvard Law School, he is cut from a different cloth. In terms of being in the military, his rank there, he is cut from a different cloth. He has multiple secret societies. Harvard Law, this secret society, this religious order, and military. This guy's highly trained. He's checked all the boxes, just like John Kerry. You know, he's not different when it comes to his presidential attributes. When it comes to the ruling class, they all graduated from these schools. They're all in secret societies. They're all highly skilled. And then we got Donald Trump, who's very wealthy, but relatively unwashed, kind of a bum. In comparison, not a lawyer. He's a business person. And this is one of the greatest battles in history between the money and the nobles. And here's how the nobles handled it. it. They put the business people on the payroll. They co-opted the best way to lead the op the best way to control the opposition is to lead it that's vladimir lenin look it up it's a quote okay so let's talk about being poisoned poisoned donald trump's being poisoned he's being poisoned politically now you know part of being poisoned is you got to eat the poison it's like this bottle of water it was closed when I when I opened it. You know, it was sealed. I bought it at the store. I'm relatively sure it's not poisoned. If it was opened, and you've, you've had this happen, you, you pick something up from the store, and when you go to take the top off and it, it's not securely fastened, you go, wait a second, I'm not sure I want to drink this. That's called a natural survival instinct not to be poisoned. So Donald Trump, you know, in some sense has, sense has participated in his poisoning because he's done things that allow him to be poisoned. And part of that is his attitude is, up yours, come for me. This guy is a warrior. But he's being poisoned. He's being poisoned. He's being labeled. He's being harassed in every way, shape, and form. And it's being done in a very 21st century digitized way. So intense, in fact, that in the last episode, 84, you know, we had a problem getting that up at the appointed time because I tried to play a Donald Trump campaign uh, ad 
And, you know, okay, we have to be a secret society ourselves because we want to stay here where the action is on YouTube. So, you know, let me just say that um, here's something we can all think about. Three great leaders of our country, which, of course, unfortunately, most of us know very little about. John Adams, Thomas Jefferson, and James Monroe. Uh, these people all died on July 4th. I mean, we've, we know... We don't. We haven't had that many presidents, and we got three of them that died on July Fourth, and these are three very important people. And let me just share with you what the highlights of their careers were. John Adams was the primary author of the Massachusetts Convention. Let me try again. Excuse me. John Adams was the primary author of the Massachusetts Constitution in 1780. And this Constitution had a big influence on our United States Constitution because it formed the three, it, it, it advocated for and formed the three branches of government that we have today, the executive, the legislative, and the judicial. Adams was the proponent of this divided government so that no one branch, if you had one branch, he feared that it would become, you know, dictatorial and corrupted. That was a big contribution to our country's founding and to our founding documents. And Adams was a signer of the Declaration of Independence, and he was a president. Then we had Thomas Jefferson, another president and a very good friend of Adams, a signer of the, of the Declaration. And he has a, in addition to writing, you know, being the primary author of the Declaration of Independence, he wrote something that is really critically important. And I want you to think about now what Adams did. Adams came up with a governance of an executive branch, a legislative branch, and a judicial branch through which we, the people, could self-govern by electing representatives. This was a the great, maybe the, the second greatest revolution in world history, the first being you know, the, the gospel of Christ. This was a reversal of the divine right of kings, the audacity of these Americans to believe that the people with dirt under their fingernails could actually self-govern and throw off the yoke of the crown, that crown that was on Charles's head. We threw that yoke off. I mean, this was a big deal. The idea that individual citizens could self-govern and that that self-governance was based on natural rights granted by a creator, not by a king, but by a creator. If you can go with me on this and think about this within the context of all of human history, this was a watershed moment in human consciousness and had been bubbling up for hundreds of years because people don't like being under the yoke of a crown or under the yoke of a crown allied with a, a church, a holy Roman church, allegedly holy. And we threw that off in this country. And he, these are the primary people that did it. I mean, some, not the, they were a small group of men. Sorry, women, it was a different era. These were men, John Adams, Thomas Jefferson, and Madison. Adams contributed this formation of governance 
<coughs> Jefferson wrote the Declaration. Now, of course, he wrote it under the consultation of a, a body of people, but he was very eloquent. And he wrote something in nineteen in excuse me, seventeen seventy-seven, the Virginia Statute for Religious Freedom. This is a repudiation of the entire religious hierarchy that it had existed and you know comes into existence from time to time. I just want to read a little bit of it, just a small bit. Whereas Almighty God hath created the mind free. That all, This is Thomas Jefferson. He wrote this. Think of the repudiation it is of the religious hierarchy. Just like John Adams' idea about this governance was a repudiation of the crown. Here's a repudiation of the control of the church. Whereas Almighty God hath created the mind free, that all attempts to influence it by temporal punishments or burdens or by civil incapacitations tend only to beget habits of hypocrisy and meanness and therefore are a departure from the plan of the holy author of our religion, who being Lord, both of body and mind, yet chose not to propagate it by coercions on either, as was in his almighty power to do that the impious presumption of legislators and rulers, civil as well as ecclesiastical, who be in themselves but fallible and uninspired men, have assumed dominion over the faith of others, setting up their own opinions and modes of thinking as the only true and infallible, and as such endeavoring to oppose them on others, hath established and maintained false religions over the greatest part of the world and through all time, that to compel a man to furnish contributions of money for the propagation of opinions which he disbelieves in is sinful and tyrannical, that even the forcing him to support this or that teacher of his own religious persuasion is depriving him of the comfortable liberty of giving his contributions to the particular pastor whose morals he would make his pattern, and whose power he feels most persuasive to righteousness, and is withdrawing from the ministry those temporary rewards which, proceeding from an approbation of their personal conduct, are an additional incitement to earnest and unremitting labors for the instruction of mankind. Please go read this. It's a fantastic and short repudiation of the religious hierarchy the Virginia Statute for Religious Freedom. So we've got uh, John Adams, who gave us our formation of government. We've got Thomas Jefferson, who gave us the declaration as the author, the the guy that gets the credit for it. Of course, he wrote it in a committee, but his words are so eloquent. And then we have James Madison. And what did James Madison do? Excuse me, James Monroe. Please, please excuse me. James Monroe, another president. It's called the Monroe Doctrine. The Monroe Doctrine. What is the Monroe Doctrine? The Monroe Doctrine is the cornerstone of U.S. foreign policy. And it says that if these crowned heads of state in Europe come into the Americas, 
we're going to war with you. You keep your BS of your royalty and your nobility and your lineage and your secret societies and your corrupted church. You keep that over there in Europe. My name is Paul, and that's between y'all. If you step foot into our new land of religious and intellectual freedom, we'll kill you. We're not going to come over there and kill you. You go kill yourselves. These people established Jefferson and Adams and Monroe. They established the bedrock of what was America. They divorced us from the European intellectual and religious tradition. Yet they all died on July 4th. Well, I'm going to tell you, Professor Penn spent some time in some secret societies, and I know how they work. And, you know, the deaths, and I've even said it, I mean, you know, I get the right to update my thinking just like everybody else. So when we start throwing people under the bus for what they did 10 years ago, hey, maybe they changed. Isn't that great? We get to go up a ladder of self-improvement, self-development. On this very podcast and in my political life, I, I fell into the trap of parroting like a parrot without thinking the nobility and the majesty of Adams and Jefferson dying on the same July 4th day, exactly 50 years after both of them signed the Declaration of Independence. 50 years is quite significant. 50 years is a significant number. 50. We know it's a significant number. 50 is an important number. They both died on the same day. Monroe died a few years later on July 4th. You know, I think they died of poison. I don't think they died natural deaths. I think it's just too fantastic, too inconceivable that we get three pillars of the American tradition, the tradition that we the people know almost nothing about because our progressive educators don't teach us anything about it. We're learning other things. We're not learning about the history of our country that we can discover for ourselves in constructing a history that builds a future for the country as it was initially envisioned, which was a divorce from the European intellectual and religious tradition. Oh, we're fighting in the Ukraine. We're back in a war in the Middle East that was set up by the crown, the Balfour Declaration. We've talked about it. We become embroiled as the muscle. We become enmeshed again in NATO, in all these globalist institutions that basically are European. Even Marxism in China is European. We're caught right back up in the sewage that we fought two wars to extricate ourselves from. This is the result of secret societies. If these people came out in the open, if the British came out in the open like they did in 1812 and attacked our country, they burned the White House in 1812. If they came out in the open, the English, and they attacked New York, hey, we'd nuke them. These people are sophisticated. They realized that America was a young and muscular country with natural resources and two seas, and we could not be defeated militarily. They've been working on taking us apart intellectually and emotionally almost since the birth of the country. 
And I'll tell you what Satanists do. Why does a Satanist cut off the head of a victim and hang him upside down on a cross? To reverse the gospel of Christ. So much of what the Satanists do reverse the, va- the very basics of what it is to be a human, like killing children and abusing children. You know, in reality, all children get some abuse from their parents. And as a parent, I can say I'm guilty of that because I was abused as a child. I'm not saying horrible abuse. I'm saying we get buffeted and banged around by the inadequacies of our parents. But we generally love, I mean, those of us with dirt under our fingers that, you know, get food on our shirt when we're eating in a hurry at McDonald's on our half-hour lunch break, you know, the bums that make the machine work, you know, the, the protoplasm. We generally love our children. We generally hope the best for them. You know, when one of my children is suffering, I suffer with them. I love them. I want them to be well. That's in part why I'm doing this podcast with you. So if if the natural impulse of organisms is to protect and nurture their children, and you want to reverse the natural impulse to have a spiritual life, to discover God, to discover your unalienable natural right to pursue life and liberty and happiness, rights granted to you by a creator. If you want to reverse that, you reverse it every way you can, as secretly as you can. You reverse it ritualistically. And one of the ways you reverse it is you parasitize children, which we're becoming quite aware of now. 20 years ago when I first saw this, it was my unhappy pleasure to really see this in the 90s up close and personal. I thought this was a very limited kind of abuse. I didn't recognize, and this is the way I protected myself. Uh, I said, well, this is you know a police matter. It's a small matter. Here's a small, limited group of wackos. And you know, people were telling me, you know, this is an international deal. This is, I thought, you know, you're crazy. Get some therapy. You know, no, it's an international deal. Because these secret societies are very potent. Listen, go back and listen to that Jesuit oath or look it up in the congressional record. Read about the secret societies, like the Knights of Malta, the Jesuits. We're taught that this stuff is not real, and that's a scam. So if you wanted to reverse the United States of America spiritually, esoterically, you would take the most important founders of that intellectual tradition, that new birth, America, Adams, Jefferson, and Monroe, and you would poison them on the date of the birth of the nation. It's very obvious to me that they were poisoned. Now, can I prove it? No. Would President Obama say I'm flooding the public square with sewage? Probably. But you can't prove they weren't poisoned, and I think it's statistically quite strange. And then if you go forward into the history of our presidents, many presidents, right after they got elected, died of some kind of weird stomach malady, like two months in, a year in. And you go back and you read their speeches, and they're all speaking against 
the European intellectual and religious tradition. America was a different formation of governance. Now, it became perverse because the Protestants that started this country, and after Abraham Lincoln was assassinated, there was a belief that he was assassinated by the Jesuits, the Catholics. The United States of America severed its diplomatic relations with the Vatican, and those relations were not reestablished until President Reagan. The Protestants were trying to preserve their protest against the European intellectual and religious traditions. But they had their own flat spots. One of the primary ones would be slavery, xenophobia, anti-Semitism, racism. They set up a white Protestant structure that parasitized other groups. Mistake, big mistake. So to the Nick Fuentes and the Stu Peters types that want to wrap the country in the same flag of inequity that brought down this beautiful idea of unalienable rights and has descended our country into the chaos we see today, you're giving the Marxists the fodder that they need to destroy the fabric of our country. So please stop. Please stop. Please. We are a people that are united by a set of ideas. I believe the men that set those ideas up were poisoned to reverse, esoterically and spiritually reverse, the bedrock of our, the foundation of our ideological project. Many other presidents were killed. John Kennedy, they blew his head off right in front of everybody. When I say they, we know who did it. And President Trump, in the piece I tried to play on episode 84, which had to be altered to get up, said, put up, that if he was elected, he would release all of the hidden documents surrounding the Kennedy assassination. I only played that not to shill for Trump, but to say Trump is promising to reveal the secret and make it public knowledge such that the truth will set us free. Did we play the little bit on John Kennedy? Talk, Elliot, we played the piece on Kennedy, right? Can you cue that up one more time? The piece on Kennedy, I, I want you to see how aware our leadership was about these secret societies. Now, after talking about the my theory of the case that these leaders were poisoned on July 4th to reverse the American project esoterically, spiritually, in an occult fashion. Elliot, could you play this again, what President Kennedy had to say about secret societies? Thank you. I refer first to the need for far greater public information, and second, to the need for far greater official secrecy. The very word secrecy is repugnant in a free and open society. And we are, as a people, inherently and historically opposed to secret societies, to secret oaths, and to secret proceedings. We decided long ago... Okay. Is it starting to get clear? It's getting clear for Professor Penn. How do we defeat this secret society, which is not so secret anymore? 
I work every day. I labor for my daily bread. I am not wealthy. I know some of you think I'm wealthy because I'm sitting here in a suit and I talk about tire get and we've got free people. I've given everything I have. You know, I'm not going to compare myself, but there's a great story in the New Testament about the Syrophoenician woman, and she gave a very small amount of money to the movement. Like, we're a movement. She gave a very small amount of money, and the disciples of Christ laughed at her, and he rebuked them, and he said, she is of the kingdom because she gave all she had. So all I am is a person given all all that I have. I'm not wealthy. We're together on this. We're struggling to survive. We need to defeat this ideology that's coming out of Europe. Marxism. Top-down control the religious life of people. Secret societies like the Oh, like the Jesuits, like the Illuminati, all the things that President Obama said, oh, you're flooding the, the, the public square with raw sewage. No, there is raw sewage. We're going to have to dig through the sewage and find the truth. We're truth-seeking media. We have to study. We have to pray. We have to seek communion with spirit so that we get the information. We know it's true because we can feel it's true. We can feel truth. Truth has a feeling to it. And if you can't feel the truth, that just means you need to train. I'm a person that's been trained. I'm trying to share my training with you. I'm not special. In large part, I'm not special because I told the secret societies, up yours. I'm not going to do this. I'm going to have a family. I'm going to devote myself to prayer. I'm going to submit myself to the Lord, and I'm going to pray for his help and I'm going to pray for his strength, and I'm going to pray to serve him all the days of my life. That's what I'm doing. And if we all do that, if we all devote ourselves to prayer and service, and we get into the streets, and we get politically active, and we talk to people, and we talk to people in an educated fashion without using the word you, making I statements, because we're educated. You know what I find out when I argue with people? They shut up because they can't compete. This is a competition of ideas. It's not the, the, the erection of icons or leaders. We need leadership, but our leaders are humans. We follow their ideas. We follow their ideas and not the people. We look for the people that speak the ideas that we believe in. And when we look at their histories, and we recognize that they're in secret societies, that they have secrets, we don't necessarily discredit them because some secret societies are good. Some secrets are good, and they're only secrets because you and I haven't studied them yet, like religious participation, like when you go to church and you learn and you walk your way up the path to becoming more spiritually refined. That's good. There's many secrets that are good that just require us to give over and work, work our way up those ladders. But when we see people that we know are in secret societies, that could be a law school, that could be a PhD, that could be a nobility, that could be my grandfather was a Nazi. It doesn't matter what it is. We don't necessarily discredit those people, 
but we pay close attention to who they are and what they're saying because we're trapped in a matrix of lies. And the only way out of this is to find truth, to seek truth together. So after this very serious and uh, upsetting, this is upsetting for me to talk like this, I like to balance this stuff out. I want to say, have a nice weekend. I'll be working on the next set of podcasts, and um, I'll try to come up with good ideas. If you have things you want me to work on, put it in the live chat. Hopefully we're all in the live chat tonight. Uh, Thank you for joining. I wish you well. And I'm going to ask Elliot to three times play some music on the way out just because it's going to lighten up my heart and it's cool. Thank you very much, and we'll see you soon again.